the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And the certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. I believe they were voted best in San Francisco. Probably going to be best in Marin soon, too. Uh, today's Trivia theme is general trivia. Now, today we have a special guest, mortgage broker David Armstrong of Movement Mortgage. Uh, David, welcome to The Best of Investing. Thank you, Edward. Okay. It's, I'm really happy to be here today. Good. Um, so, now you, you... Okay. We used to have Ed Diaz on from Movement Mortgage, and you're kind of like his business partner? Correct. Okay. Yes. And one of the things that we've appreciated... Uh, now, you know, I help Pacific Private Money, and they are in the short-term bridge loan uh, financing. Now, the way I look at it is you guys are kind of in between us and a, and a big bank like, let's say, Wells Fargo, because you guys can actually work pretty quickly, too, can't you? Correct. Matter of fact, that's one of our trademarks of Movement Mortgage that the founders, when they opened the company in 2008, right in the midst of the Great Recession, was how can they do things a little better and quicker to better serve the real estate community, the realtors and the borrowers looking to purchase homes. So they re-engineered the process. They call it the 671, underwriting the loan file in six hours, processing it in seven days, having it in docs on the eighth day, which by law is the soonest a borrower can sign their loan documents to purchase a home when they're getting financing. Wow, that's quick. Now, the but actually Pacific Private Money can and, and this is not a I mean that's really fast, uh, especially when you're talking about with big banks. Um, Pacific Private Money can actually fund a little faster though if need be. Yeah, I mean there's certain situations where we have funded faster. I mean it, it depends on the type of loan too. Yeah. Um, you know business loans or non-owner occupied or non-consumer um, have different regulations than okay. but owner occupied. I think I think if there's like an emergency situation, yeah, wave trade and all that kind of yeah, stuff, we don't like but, to do that. Um, but yeah. if if there's a bona fide financial emergency, yeah, then sometimes you can. And a lot of times, you know, people come to us. In an emergency. It's at the 11th hour. Exactly. Um, but still, I mean, you know, at the 11th hour, if we can um, provide a loan to them, sometimes if they're in a purchase, the the other party will extend escrow, knowing that, hey, this person can can come through and close. They just need more time. Need more time, that's, yeah. That's the ideal scenario. Okay. But in, in a typical situation where uh, a borrower is just looking for, you know, 
you know, to want to do a f- somewhat fast close. Usually sellers are looking for their money quickly. Uh, instead of going to a regular bank, uh, you're the are you are you the mortgage banker too, or just correct. the broker? Okay, banker. so you guys you guys actually fund the loan. That's correct. Okay, now but. You, what kind of regulations do you guys have? Well, we fall under same regulations as a lot of the banks. Not we don't regulated as uh, FDIC, okay. um, but we are under the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, uh, Department of Corporations. Okay, so we're heavily regulated as well. Matter of fact, um, on that note, you know, just from two thousand eight, pre two thousand eight, an average cost of a loan was about thirty five hundred dollars to the consumer. Okay, mm-hmm. today because of the heavy regulation, it's about seventy. Really? Yes. That's interesting. So um, all the uh, bankers are very heavily regulated and go through multiple audits uh, every year. So what is... What is the actual cost? That's seventy seven hundred. What is that comprised of? So that's going to be um, lender fees, uh, okay. which is the underwriting, the processing, credit report, tax service, your appraisal. It will also include third party fees with the uh, title and escrow. Okay. Um, now, transfer tax. Okay, so some of that will go up or down depending. Some of them Correct. are fixed costs and some are variable. Right. Um, I don't know how much different it is, uh, you know, percentage-wise. Like on a million-dollar loan, would it be 7700 or would it be higher? It could that? be higher. Correct. It could be, could be higher than that. Yeah, so the, the cost of, uh, of the loan is, is due to additional compliance Okay. Uh, having compliance officers, quality control, uh, underwriters. So the staffing requirements for the mortgage lenders has increased tremendously. So their operational costs went up. And that gets passed on in various ways, typically through rate and price of the loan. Sure. Okay. So Because you guys aren't necessarily more expensive than no. your big banks. You just can do exactly what the big banks do, but just do it faster, right? Quicker and more flexible. Okay. Correct. Um, and then... What would there be reasons why you would have to deny a loan? Because, again, you're not exactly like a regular bank, which, by the way, I want to divert for just a second. It's so funny. I remember years ago, borrowers were, you know, saying, I don't know if I want to borrow from this bank because, you know, I don't know, you know, if they're if they're either real or their money is real or something like that. It was kind of crazy. I said, wait a minute. I said, remember, you're the one who owes them the money. Who cares if uh, the only reason about them going out of business, it makes difference. is just the hassle of who do you pay next. But other than that, they were like, well, what what if they go out of business? You go, you're the one with the money. You're the one with the house. Who cares? You know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right. Um, so the difference in the regulations, like why can you guys work so much faster than the bank? We have the ability to staff uh, more quickly, um, okay. less layers of management to go through. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have access to decision makers um, that can bring on resources quickly. And that's the primary uh, reason. You know, banks um, you know, are large in nature, and they often will have uh, operation centers in various locations around the country yeah. uh, that may take time to get staffed up. Yeah, gotcha. I tell you what, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Again, we're talking general uh, trivia. And uh, by the way, David, if you know the answer to this, don't answer yet because we want the audience to give a shot at it. You can do it afterward. All right, here's our first trivia question. What does WD stand for in WD-40? You know that lubricant I think that we I all know use? That. It? Really? Yeah. You think so? Uh-huh. I didn't know that one. Okay, call 888-912-1190. If, the, if you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that free tanning certificate. That's our trivia question. Uh, what does WD stand for in WD-40? 
All right. Uh, don't touch that dial. You'll see the best of investing, and we're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Vaughn and our special guest, David Armstrong of Movement Mortgage. Well, I like that name, by the way. Um, Trivia question number one. What does WD stand for in WD-40? Water displacement. That's right. Very good. Man, you must be a mechanic or something. I use this stuff every once in a while. It's great for... uh you know, mechanical tools and stuff. It is. I, I just never like knew what it stood for. I just thought it was like a, uh, just one of those terms. And I think it was, uh, the 40th version of it. So, Oh, is that right? That's what yeah, the 40th Yeah. Kind of like Heinz 57 sauce. Yeah. I think it yeah. is. No, no, Heinz 57's got 57 ingredients. Oh, never that, mind. That's, that's the reason for that one. So <laughs> anyway, we want to make a mention here, uh, for the, uh, Napa Valley, the river terrace Inn. So experience the best that Napa Valley has to offer, a perfect combination of wine country, serenity, and urban hospitality at Napa's uh, Valley's most luxurious, one of them, the most, one of Napa Valley's most luxurious hotels, the River Terrace Inn. It features luxurious accommodations, personalized services, and a serene riverfront setting. Uh, It's within walking distance to various tasting rooms, shopping, uh, restaurants, and many nightlife options. Check them out at riverterraceinn.com. Uh, Nam, you had a question for David. Specifically, I guess it's because uh, Pacific Private Money provides short-term loans. Yeah, so we did a presentation uh, earlier this week to a group of realtors in San Francisco, and uh, we talked about our bridge loan, how in a seller's market it can be a great opportunity to to get a client into a home before they sell their their first home. And uh, a question came up is, um, you know, in order for the the borrower to refinance out of our loan, are there seasoning requirements that a bank will want to see before they, you know, refinance them out of our loan into a conventional loan? Yeah, it's a great question and um, comes up frequently in conventional lending. And uh, a lot of the seasoning requirements is is around title, how long you have held possession of the property on title. But in, um, in purchase lending, when there's a bridge loan or a private money loan that's short term, you have a 90 day window whereby you can get the same purchase financing terms on a refinance as opposed to a refinance term. And where the difference is, is some of the underwriting guidelines will have a little more restrictions around a refinance loan versus a purchase money. They used to consider it a cash-out refinance. Now they consider it a rate and term, which is very similar to the purchase loan. So you get favorable interest rates and pricing uh, when you do that. Quick question. Um, from a recourse versus non-recourse, purchase money, owner-occupied loans, or non-recourse, would this be still considered a refinance and it would be a recourse loan if it's done within that 90 day period? Correct. Okay. So that's the only, you know, downside, but it's not really, it's not really that much. I don't know how many people really nowadays walk away from their home and, or let's put it this way. How many times does a bank sue someone for, on their house? Not too often. You know, and the the other question, um, seasoning, is that something, is that relatively new or did that come around 2008 when people were, I thought that term or that requirement came about because of the REO market and, and people buying properties and, hmm. 
I think it became more prevalent and yeah. more known then, but yeah. it actually was around prior. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and it used to be prior to 2008, a lot of brokers would refinance a home multiple times within yeah. a very short time frame because interest rates were favorable and they were dropping right. and they were doing what was classified as no cost loans. Mm-hmm. But the no cost was really, you're just taking a little higher rate and the lender was covering the closing costs. So if the rate dropped in a short time frame, a broker would refinance that client, lower the rate with no out-of-pocket or additional cost yeah. on the loan. And still make and a commission, right? They make a commission, yeah. but the lender was losing money because yeah. they yes. weren't retaining that loan for a period of time right. to gain okay. the interest on now, How many times would the bank or lender in that case um, just lower the rate? Because they knew they were going to get refinanced out. The lender typically didn't. Really? No. They, they, they were willing to just go ahead and lose that loan? They would. Uh, there's yeah. instances where someone would refinance, I've heard as many as five, six times within a year. Yeah. And what wow. they do, what they a broker were. did, is they would take it to a different lender each yeah. time so they wouldn't know. So that's right. Yeah. Because they wouldn't know until it it's too late. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So. It's funny. I remember um, years ago... When interest rates were going way up, uh, after my dad had passed on, my mom was getting letters because at the time she was in a, a, a low, a low at the time, six and three quarters percent interest rate and, and rates were about 13 percent. So the bank uh, unsolicited sent her a letter saying, you know, hey, if you want to refinance, you know, we'll even pay you a thousand dollars, you know, to refinance. <laughs> and I looked at the terms. I said, wait a minute, though, they want to go at 13 percent. I go, mom, forget it. Keep the yeah. six and three quarters percent rate. <laughs> Definitely read the fine print. Yeah. Twice. Twice. <laughs> hey, yeah. Before we get, uh, forget, David, um, if people want to, I mean, there's really no downside to someone calling you because, you know, you're an independent mortgage broker. Do, do you, can you go outside of the, the lender itself? You know, in other words, like if I go to Wells Fargo, they're going to pitch me a Wells Fargo loan. But you're kind of independent, aren't you? Yes, correct. So a mortgage banker, uh, so essentially look at a couple different classifications. You have the the bank that's FDIC insured, like a Wells or Bank of America. And then you have mortgage bankers, movement, caliber, you know, various other guaranteed rate companies. And then you have the mortgage broker. The mortgage broker can outsource to multiple lenders um, on a wholesale channel. Um, A mortgage banker like myself, we have our internal underwriting and and fund the loan with our own money, but we can also broker to other lenders if need be. Hmm. So a mortgage banker, we have what's called delegated underwriting. So we have a suite of investors that we can sell the loan, but we also have the authority to underwrite the loan on behalf of that investor according to their guidelines. So we'll take on the risk of selling the loan if if something happens, early payoff or default. We may have to repurchase the loan, but we have a little more flexibility. And that's another reason why we have uh, the quickness to uh, close, the speed okay. and flexibility. That's great. Yeah, so you, there's really kind of no downside to calling you first and just saying, hey, listen, did, see if if your company can fund the loan, and if not, get me a better rate some, or get me a rate somewhere else. Yeah, I kind of view it as the best of both worlds. Yeah, um, it really is. Being able to go to both sources. Okay. Uh, before we uh, cut to a break, uh, how do people get a hold of you? 
So they could reach me. I'm uh, located here in Novato, and uh, they could reach me uh, on my cell phone um, is the best, 415-250-7137. Or they can go to david.armstrong at movement.com. Okay, and that's from Movement Mortgage, Correct. which is independent uh, mortgage uh, banker. Correct. Uh, what, what is your geographic uh, territory. So I focus, I could lend anywhere in the state of California. That's okay. where I'm licensed. Um, so that's okay. my footprint. Right All now. right. So people outside of Novato can still call you for a loan. <laughs> yeah. And outside of the state, we, um, we're a nationwide lender and we have resources oh. that we can refer to a colleague. Very good. Great. All right. Uh, trivia question number two. What floor number is often skipped in Chinese buildings as the 13th floor is in the West? So have you ever been in a uh, in a, an elevator and you don't see a 13th floor because it's bad luck? Right. In China, what Chinese buildings, what number do they skip? All right? I don't, think, you think I, I know this one. Uh, don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Phan and our special guest, David Armstrong. Uh, second trivia question. What floor number is often skipped in Chinese buildings as the 13th floor is in the West? Well, my best guess, which I don't know if it's accurate, but I would guess eight. What do you think? Uh, three. No, I, this one I actually knew. It's the number four. Four, oh. four is a bad luck number in uh Huh. In the Asian culture, specifically yeah. in China. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the Asian culture in general, not just China, but because uh, I think Japanese people are the I don't same know. Way. I'll have to ask my mom and dad. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's Vietnamese. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is an Asian culture, <laughs> That though. is true. Yeah, no, I bet, you, I bet you they know that. Yeah. But they should, should have called them during break. Okay. So, Nam, we're going to move over to you. Um, since Mark's not here, why don't you g- give us, you know, give us a brief background of uh, Pacific Private Money and give us a deal of the week, and then we've got a, a, an email question. Sure. So Pacific Private Money, we're private lenders here in Novato as well. Uh, We make loans uh, when banks can't. So we're plan B for conventional lenders. Well, in fact, movement mortgage, sometimes some glitch will happen where it doesn't fit their investor portfolio uh, uh, portfolio Portfolio or or, or criteria. Criteria, Criteria. yeah. Yeah. And you've actually gotten um, referrals from them, too. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to. Uh, We don't compete. So we don't have competing products. We're, you know, we're in the short-term lending space. Uh, we're typically there to solve a what Mark likes to call a transactional distress, mm-hmm. not borrower distress in that they have a 500 FICO or sub or 600. Bankrupt, bankrupt yeah, it's in. usually they're in the middle of a regular transaction purchase, and they either run out of time or some some glitch came up where you know they they can't get conventional lending. Uh, they come to us oftentimes through a uh, mortgage broker, mortgage banker, a loan officer. Uh, you know, if we can solve the problem, great. We put them in our loan, and then they refinance typically within a short period of time um, out of our loan back into a conventional loan. So, and Tim, is it also more heavily weighted towards the equity position yes. in the property? Yeah, we make our decision uh, more off of equity than than FICO. Not FICO driven, although, you know, we did an analysis uh, several months ago of the average FICO score of a lot of our bar or of a portion of our borrowers, and it was in the high sixes. So it's not like, okay. again, it's not like they're, you know, we, we use examples, deals of the week, uh, and we have a few today where the borrowers have smoking credit, 800. 
Um, and it's it, again, it's distress or they've run out of time. Okay, so, so give us an example. Why does someone who has an 800 FICO score need you? Yeah, so uh, that'll take us to a couple deals of the week. Um, the first one is um, a deal that we did in Roner Park. It was um, so you think 20% loan to value. That's pretty low. That's pretty yeah, it's really low. <laughs> and a bank would look at that all, probably all day long. Yeah. And, and this person had excellent credit, too. Excellent credit, very low debt. They just didn't have uh, enough time with the convention. Well, the bank needed more time. Okay. And uh, they needed a 112000 loan from us. Um, so so we the were, property is like 500 and something thousand. Yeah. And it's worth 500 And you're giving them a loan of one hundred and twelve mm-hmm. as a first mortgage. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, Sounds a little too good to be true. (laughs) but it was strictly because of speed. You know, like you, like movement, you have a a nimble workforce. Right. Um, And for us, same thing. We have a nimble workforce that has a lot of experience in lending, conventional lending, as well as private lending. And for us, it's, it's, you know, does the deal make sense for holistic? So so, so wait a minute, let me kind of, just to put the puzzle pieces together, this person bought a 500,000, let's call it $512,000 house. They put four hundred thousand dollar down payment. They just needed. They just didn't have that extra hundred twelve thousand, but they needed to close the transaction so fast that the bank couldn't come up with the other hundred. Yeah, the, I mean, the banks have their timelines, yeah. and you know they're, you know, they're lending across the country millions of loans, whatever the. So for for those few scenarios, and they really are a few scenarios, a lot of deals for us, but yeah. for, you know, your national lenders, it's a few scenarios where they're okay, they're on the margin, they, they're okay, to, you know, deciding it doesn't fit our box. That's true. They have enough yeah. volume. A lot of these right. guys are so busy um, that they, they just need more. Pe- That's the interesting thing, too, is that the banks... They're, they're not, like, hiring a whole bunch of people. They're just kind of spreading the workload amongst a smaller pool, which is what a lot of uh, employers did during the crisis from 2008 on, is they just basically piled on more work on a fewer workforce. But they're also, you know, trying to streamline the process a little bit more, and there's a lot of technology pouring into it where they can, you know, maybe get more productivity. But still, it's like you have to meet their guidelines, right? And often those yeah. guidelines uh, in the industry, they put on what's called overlays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the investor, let's say Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they would purchase a conventional loan. They put out their guideline requirements. And let's say they'll go to a 620 credit score. A bank might say, we're not going to accept anyone below 640. Right. Gotcha. So the, that's where a mortgage banker or a private money could come in handy, and yeah. they can fill that gap in guidelines mm-hmm. and policies from a bank to a mortgage bank or a private lender. Well, what did you charge the borrower? Uh, I believe we charged three points for that file. Okay, but I mean, but the interest oh, rate is like eight rates, and a half percent. You know, eight and a half, nine percent. Eight and a half, nine. Yeah. That's a pretty good. That's pretty conservative. Uh, we don't like to use the word safe because that's that's a taboo word. So we use the word conservative. Yeah. In fact, that's the kind of loan where, as the lender, you almost don't care whether you get paid back or not because. <laughs> Right. There's enough equity in there. You're going to get paid. Right. So, you know, you say it seems too good to be true. Yeah. Well, for investors, that is a great deal. Yeah. So um, we put that on private money loans, uh, which is our new website marketplace for selling loans, okay. whether they're performing loans that we've previously funded through our fund or they're live fundings that need investors immediately. We put it on there, and within an hour, it was fully pledged. 
So sure. investors understand, astute investors who who many of whom we have in our in our system, um, see these opportunities and they jump on them very quickly. So it's great. And uh, you have a fund also, which we're going to get into in the next segment, because uh, that, a lot of people, if they don't, if they're not, a, let's say, as sophisticated to right. do an individual notes, they like the idea of investing, let's say, in a mutual fund, which the Pacific Private Money Fund is similar in nature in that it's diversified amongst how many loans do you have in the in the fund now? In the fund right now, we have uh, just shy of a hundred. Okay, so, so that's a pretty widespread conservative uh, uh, pool, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the next segment, we'll talk about the difference between private money loans and Pacific private money fund. Okay, yeah, because there's a question, an email question that comes in about uh, would you consider a fund more or less conservative than investing in individual deeds? Which it, it kind of is that con- comparison you were just mentioning. Yeah. All right. So here is our next trivia question. Boy, and, and someone like you who uh, has worked with tools, apparently, because you knew what WD went in WD-40, we have another tool question for all you tools out there. Uh, <laughs> what holds the bit in a drill? What's it called? What do they call that? You know what I'm, you, do you know what yeah, I'm talking about? I think I know. You think you know. Do you know this one, David? Not sure. I don't. I use a drill, but I don't know what. That's right. What's the thing called that holds the drill bit? Okay, that's our question. Uh, Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon and our special guest, David Armstrong. Uh, trivia question number three What holds the bit in a drill? The chuck. The Charles, that is correct. We're not talking horses and drill and bits, but we are talking drill bits. Okay. Um, so, Nam, uh, trivia, or trivia, I always say that. I always get those mixed up. An email question comes in, which is kind of alluding to what you were talking about before. And that is, would you consider a fund more or less conservative than investing in individual deeds of trust? You know, it really depends on the fund. So, you couldn't generally uh, answer for all funds. Um, I can say our fund um, is in comparison to a lot of funds out there, is fairly conservative. Um, when let me qualify conservative. If you're looking at the loan to value yep. uh, in evaluating a, a you know investment opportunity, if you're looking at the duration of the loan, <clears throat> okay. excuse me. Um, you also don't use leverage in, in your fund. yeah, and you look at leverage. leverage yeah. and you look at all of those. Uh, I would say our our fund is generally conservative. In terms of real estate trustee investing or investing in real estate debt, and what do you what's the fund paying right now? Funds paying between seven and a half and eight percent. Not too shabby. Yeah. So you know, loan to value, for instance, it's yeah. below sixty percent in the fund. I Not think it's too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> Again, even for March, it might have been below fifty five percent. So that was oh. really low. The other thing too is the average loan uh, term in our fund is. 12 months-ish, you know. So. Well, the thing I like about that is you don't get caught up in interest rates. Uh, you know, if interest rates go way up and prices drop or you get caught in low interest rate environments, I mean, you just kind of go with the flow. It's like having a, an arm. <laughs> yeah, way. so we prefer when we, we get a, loan, a lot of loans and we lend at up to 70% as a company, LTV. Typically, that's the cap. But we typically will pick 
the loans that have the lowest LTV, the shortest time frame, the ones that just kind of fit our general you know, types of loans that we do, we put those in our fund. Which is why I invested in the fund, because um, my whole uh, gambit is don't lose principal. Right. I'm okay if the interest rates drop, you know, a little bit. I mean, but seven and a half percent today's market on a conservative return, you know, a conservative uh, portfolio, I think is uh, is very handsome. Before we forget, how do people get more information about the fund? The fund they can call us four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty, or they can go to our website pacificprivatemoney.com. Okay. To learn more, we have an event coming up too. Oh. So our next fund event, we just had a, a fund event in San Mateo, really well attended. Um, we, we pulled our investor database to say, where would you like us to hold the next event? And it came down to the North Bay. Well, it was between North Bay, East Bay, South Bay, and SF Peninsula. And uh, the choice was uh, Mar- uh, North Bay. Oh, so okay. we'll have it here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't just make the answers up yeah. so we can not have to travel next month. But <laughs> May 31st, it's a Thursday, okay. and it will be from 6 to 8 p.m. People can call us to register or go to our website. So. All right. Yeah, because I know, uh, so as always, seating is limited. Um, David, let's go back to you for a minute. Um, what are interest rates going on? They blipped up a little bit uh, in general, I know, in the last week or so. Um, what are the interest rates doing in Yeah, a little turmoil in the market in the last week. And a lot of it stems around some inflationary fears. Um, So, and obviously when there's some inflationary fears, interest rate market tends to rise. In conjunction with that, the economy is strong. Um, and the job market's been strong. And th- those are two other big indicators that put pressure on interest rates. So what happens is, you know, your investors that are typically investing in mortgage-backed securities and bonds are looking for other uh, higher-yield investments. And so they pull away from the bond market, which puts pressure on rising those interest rates. Yeah. And so the forecast going forward, if you look out a year or two, is for rates to continue a little slow, steady climb upward. Okay. But we'll still be at historical lows, which is, is good news. Okay. Uh, there was another point that you wanted to make about, uh, like, what very, we were on break and you were saying you were going to mention something about lender packages. or. or yeah, I think one of the key questions that we get all the time and for a consumer to prepare themselves in purchasing is, who do they choose with so many choices? There's a lot of lender choices out there. And, you know, the best advice is really um, if you have an accountant, if you have a financial planner, if you have a realtor uh, or a good friend that has a referral source that they could refer you to someone that they've had a great experience with is obviously one of the best places to start because it's someone that you know and trust. Right. And that way you can help navigate because, Often the first thing someone is going to look at is what's the lowest interest rate and they'll go to the Internet and they shop online. And that could be a scary web of challenges um, Mm -hmm. with what you get there. And so you need to know and trust the person that you're going to do business with. Otherwise, you can get caught up on some some misleading information. Hmm. So at this time right now, because you're more knowledgeable than the average bear on this. If you were getting a home loan right now, based on your crystal ball, you know, with interest rates and, and that sort of thing, what kind of term would you choose? Well, that's a great question. So the first question that I typically would talk to a borrower about is, I'd look at their past history of performance if they bought 
before and they've owned a home, I look to see if they've refinanced that home. So length of term will help determine the cost of the money. So I don't look at the interest rate as much as I look at the cost of the money over the term that I need the money. Yeah, I mean, if somebody, mm. uh, okay. if, they, if their habit is to buy and sell a house every two years, that's different than someone who wants to live in their 25 years. Right. And yeah. national statistics through the Mortgage Bankers Association and National Association of Realtors is the average homeowner stays in the home about 10 years today. Oh, 10 years now. Wow. It's gone up a little it's bit. It's about little 10 bit. years. Okay. Hmm. It was about five to five seven. To seven. Yeah. So it's about 10 years. So even looking at that, then you have to determine, does it make sense to not pay any origination points to mm-hmm. get a lower rate, or should I pay a point or two? And it, it determines that the best way to determine that is the length of time. And then also, should I look at a adjustable rate mortgage yeah. that might be fixed for seven or 10 years? Yeah might be a better avenue than a 30-year. So the best thing when talking to a mortgage advisor is to have them ask you a lot of questions and provide a written analysis that you can see that uh, in black and white key. That's great. What do you think is the reason for the average person staying in 10 years? Is it because they're a little nervous with the market the way it is? Like, where else are they going to go? I think life events... As you know, I mean, unfortunately, one of the the biggest traumatic life events is divorce, Mm -hmm. which is at 50 plus percent. Um, Children, uh, children. But that would make you want to move more than the more divorces. Yeah. But it's. But the, right now, the extension of time is increased, you said, from 5 to 7 up to 10. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, there's yeah. a lot of that is, is, is fear. Fear, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been fear, the economy, the re- coming out of the recession, and then, uh, you know, job, unemployment gotcha. was high. And, and yeah. now that all that's self-correcting, uh, we're, I think we'll sense. start to see that reverse itself and maybe yeah. go back to the 7-year trend. Hmm. Also, a lot of boomers um, are being yeah. counted in that that's number correct. who have been in their homes for a long time. I wonder if that's yeah. overweighting it because maybe our millennials um, not getting into homes sooner and making that, that 10 years be weighted by the boomers who've been in their homes for You're absolutely decades. right. Oh, interesting. So, so yeah. the, when the millennials start to like, buy a lot, and those guys probably switch around a lot like they do their jobs. It's very yeah, rare for yeah. millennials to, to keep their jobs. Like they update their, their profile pictures on Facebook. It's every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Did I True. change much in the last two minutes? I don't know. The, and the millennial purchase market is increasing right now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and the baby boomers are not um, downsizing as frequently as we thought because they, they're looking at what can they afford. Right. Yeah. And they've got such a strong equity position, but you know, the values have gone up a lot. They don't necessarily want to move out of that home. Mm -hmm. So I'm toward the tail end of the baby boomers. And we became empty nesters a couple of years ago. And um, I just, I don't know, my wife and I, we just like where we live. So, and and the kids, you know, when they come home to visit, not forever, but when they come home to visit, you know, we want a place for them to to stay. So for us, we've decided we kind of want to stay, stick around a while. All right. Hi, guys. Uh, We don't have another trivia question, but when we come back, we're going to have some closing comments and some interesting thoughts for the day. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. 
Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Phan and our special guest, David Armstrong of Movement Mortgage. Didn't have a trivia question, but Nam, you want to continue on with the baby boomers? Yeah, we were at um, a conference a few weeks ago, and um, the, one of the topics was the fix and flip market. It's, it's going strong still. And uh, their comment uh, as to why, because we thought it was going to be drying up with, with you know, just because it, maybe 10 years ago, it was really strong or five years ago. But mm-hmm. they're saying that, you know, with all of the, there's 60 million baby boomers who are in homes that have not been updated in decades. And so as they move out, then that's going to create this new wave of fix and flip opportunities. Um, but also... They're seeing baby boomers who are staying in their homes and actually adding to it because the millennials and other generations are are moving in or moving back in. So, I mean, from a mortgage market standpoint, how does that dynamic, if people are staying in and, and, I mean, are you going to see more refinance type uh, activity or... We do. We see some uh, renovation loans, yeah. construction loans. The banks are getting most of the construction loans. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of their specialties. But we do see some renovation loans that occur. Okay. And so still, the, I think the bigger effect is the a lack of inventory. Right. Because, you know, yeah. without the baby boomer moving out and creating inventory. Yes. Um, that's putting extra pressure on this competitive buyer market because the sellers really are at the advantage today. Yeah, and if we can add to that real quick, is mm-hmm. uh, the presentation we did was about how that dynamic is happening right now and how sellers know, homeowners know, that if they put their home on the market, it's going to sell fast. The, the stress is, where do we move? And so just to pitch one more time, our Bridgeland product, it's one of the things that we specialize in where we can allow or provide the loan for the purchase without them having to sell first. And if we can do that, if they can identify the exit, the home they're going to move into, that gives them peace of mind to be able to sell at on their own time frame. And then they'll refinance with you, you know, once they, uh, once they sell their home and, and pay us off or pay us down. It's a great resource to have, especially in this market where approximately 24 to 25% of the property sold are all cash all cash yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah. what's interesting about uh, the you know baby boomers one of the other things is that as people get older and they die you know the kids if they don't want to live in the house you know they're just going to be selling it and that happened uh, there's a house in san rafael that is has not been updated since 1949 wow yeah i mean it may be maybe just the carpet you know, and uh, and so you look at that, and uh, the, the, but the thing is, they're asking like eight hundred and thirty thousand for it, and it's only like fourteen hundred square feet, and then it's going to cost at least two hundred thousand to put in, and so to flip that, I mean, I, you'd have to have, as Mark puts it, a very sharp pencil, you know. So it's <laughs> yeah. going to have to be somebody who really just wants to live there, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, before we cut out, uh, David, how do people get a hold of you if they want a very fast, regular old mortgage? Great, thank you. Um, again, it's phone phone. Number is 415 area code 250-7137, or you go to my website at davidarmstrong.mortgage. Very good. And uh, Nam Phan, how do people get a hold of you if they want to either uh, look at the fund or yes. individual deeds on the PML website? Yeah, they can call us at 415 883 
2150privatemoneyloans.com uh, is for uh, purchasing trust deed opportunities. They and have then, to register first. Yeah, they have yeah. to register. Absolutely. And they have to be a sophisticated investor. Um, and then to uh, learn more about the fund, go to pacificprivatemoney.com. Very good. All right. We're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. Getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. I like that. (laughs) And money may not buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Jaguar than on a bus. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.